Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your church. We thank you for this opportunity and the privilege it is to be gathered together and receive the word that you have for us here this morning. We pray, oh God, that our hearts would be ready to receive a good seed, that it would be planted in our hearts to produce good fruit. We ask, oh God, that you would remove any distractions so that there would be anything that would keep us from receiving the fullness of the word that you want shared and imparted in our lives here this morning. We pray, oh God, that you would forgive us of our sins so that there would be nothing to stop or to block the pouring out of your goodness in our lives this morning, oh God. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray for all these things. Amen and amen. Uh, I was at home one day. Um, I had just finished my college classes and uh, nobody else was home. I walked in and I sat myself on the couch and I decided to just relax a bit, turn on some TV. Uh, and the first thing I saw when I turned on the TV was a special programming that day of military veterans, uh, military servicemen that were returning home from overseas to their families. Uh, and it was a, a special on TV, and they just went video after video of all these different soldiers showing up uh, from having uh, fought overseas or served overseas uh, to their unexpected family members. Um, and you see kids in a basketball gym uh, playing in the middle of a varsity basketball game, and you see that their dad comes in from the stands, and they're like completely taken off surprise. Uh, you see uh, these kids are throwing a first pitch to a catcher, uh, and then they realize when the catcher takes off his mask that it's their dad the whole time that's returned from fighting overseas. Uh, and I probably watched like 30 minutes of this at home by myself on the couch, and I was bawling. I was absolutely bawling, and uh, I promise you, it was about 30 minutes when I looked at myself, and I'm like, what am I doing? Why, why am I putting myself through this? Why am I crying here by myself? Nobody knows what's going on. Um, but I will say that it gave me a deeper appreciation for the service uh, of our military, uh, and I thought I was always somewhat patriotic and that I had some what of an understanding of the sacrifices that are made for those people that grant us the freedoms that we enjoy here in the United States. But when I saw firsthand, not only uh, what they suffer, but what their families suffer and what they've gone through and the service that they've put out uh, and selflessly uh, given so that we can enjoy what we enjoy here in the United States, um, I was completely taken back uh, to the fact that now I, I, I appreciate at a higher level that the freedoms that I enjoy here today. Um, and sometimes it takes that. Uh, and as we get ready to celebrate 25 years of God's faithfulness here at Spring of Life Fellowship with the church anniversary, I think it's important that we understand and we can recognize how it is that we got here and how it is the vision uh, was entrusted to a faithful man of God, uh, to a people of God that have been able to carry that vision out. Um, we see here in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, the Bible says, listen to my words, for when there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, and I speak to them in dreams. And here the Bible tells us that when God is ready to impart a supernatural revelation 
to a people group, to a certain community that he finds a faithful man to entrust it to. Uh, you'll see here that it says, when there is a prophet among you, uh, and some of us that have grown up in the Christian church or have grown up with some type of religious uh, affiliation, we understand that that is a very uh, churchy or religious term, prophet. Uh, but what this word really means is that when there is a man of God, someone that has been tried and true, that has proven himself faithful to carry out and deliver God's message and God's word to those people, God entrusts a supernatural revelation. A revelation. He finds someone who's faithful to carry it out. He then deposits and provides that revelation, a supernatural plan of God's doing in the future and then that faithful man delivers the word to the people so that they carry it out and uh why a faithful man why why a prophet why not just anybody why not just uh someone that's made themselves available well uh, the bible tells us in second timothy 2 chapter 2 uh, chapter 2 verse 2 that the things that you hear him say in the presence of many witnesses they need to be entrusted to reliable people Reliable people, this is 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach these to others. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played the game telephone. Uh, maybe you haven't played in, in a while since maybe elementary school. But uh, the teacher will whisper one phrase in the ear of one of their students and then they'll go and they'll turn it and they'll whisper it to the student next to them and it'll be whispered to the person next to them and then whispered again and again and again and it'll go around the entire classroom and by the time it reaches the last person in that classroom instead of the phrase being good students do well always the last student ends up saying something absolutely absurd something so crazy like the teacher's hair is blue or the teacher's hair is green something so far gone from what the original message was it was lost somewhere uh in, in in the transfer well when you find a faithful man of god a reliable man of god you don't have to worry about those things happening that man's not going to water it down he's going to preach it as it needs to be said he's not going to deviate from what the message is to become more comfortable to the audience that's ready to receive it It'll be a direct deposit from heaven to his people through the use of this vessel, which is the prophet, the faithful man of God. And uh, in order for us to truly appreciate the 25 years uh, of God's faithfulness here in our church, we need to recognize that it all started because there was one person that was ready, willing, and able and found faithful in the eyes of God to be entrusted with such an incredible vision to change the world. Uh, many people cannot and have not for the life of them over the course of the 25 years appreciated that our bishop uh, is a man of God. And it sounds funny, uh, but a lot of people have come and gone and have not been able to get past. They short circuit to think that Joaquin Molina is someone that God has chosen to entrust a particular vision. Uh, he doesn't fit the mold. Uh, I'll tell you firsthand, we go all over the world to all these great conferences of people that are sons of sons of sons of pastors. Uh, they're very refined looking. Uh, they have themselves all put together with the perfect suit, the perfect tie. Uh, and then you'll see uh, my father, and people don't like the fact that he screams so much. 
uh, you know, he's missing hair down the middle of his head. He doesn't have this full head of white hair, like a mediero maybe. Um, you know, he doesn't come from this prestigious, uh, well-known, spiritual, biblical family. Uh, we come from a small island in the Caribbean, and we're part of a small church here in Miami. Um, and they can't appreciate that he's uh, too radical and that he's over the top. Uh, that maybe he doesn't say things perfectly how everyone else might appreciate or might want it to be said. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that he's the person that God has chosen. Amen. And we will never understand why. Some of us, we have uh, a love for him. He's my dad. I love him to death. I don't know of anybody more perfect to be chosen to be pastor of this church. Uh, some of us maybe aren't as biased. But... Uh, the fact of the matter is that we will never receive the fullness of God's uh, blessings and his goodness according to what the vision is for our church if we don't first recognize the leadership that is found in this church. That they're just like Mary. Hey, Mary, you have found favor in the eyes of God for no other reason other than you're the person that we've decided to choose, right? Which is in line with what the Bible says, right? The Bible says he uses the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. And uh, many people, many people have missed out on God's blessings for their lives, have been critical uh, from being critical of the man of God that he has chosen to, uh, to deposit this vision. Uh, and then secondly, not only do you have to appreciate that visions come from a prophet, a faithful man of God, but secondly, that the Lord provides this man of God a revelation. Uh, the vision that Spring of Life carries and sees true and true today is not somebody's preference or opinion. Uh, many people get offended and they're quick to judge or criticize the word that's shared by some of the spiritual leadership here in this church, uh, but they fail to realize that they're simply just relaying a message. They're not coming up with these things by themselves. They're not just pulling this out of their ear or telling you what they read from a, a Chinese fortune cookie. This is something that God, in his grace and his mercy, has allowed for us to hear and receive through the lives of these men that have proven themselves to be faithful. Uh, when, when, uh, when we travel around the world and we, our church, when I was in the Family Research Council serving as an intern there in Washington, D.C., uh, we made a good friend, Daniel Ashford, uh, and at that time, we were celebrating, I think, like, I don't know, 18 years or uh, 19 years of uh, the church's existence, and we were excited for that. Uh, and then he told us about his church back in Mississippi that was celebrating their 118th church anniversary. Tell me that's not amazing, right? Uh, I would love to see uh, Spring of Life get somewhere uh, close to that, right? Um, and he was telling me about these years and years and years of service to the, to the, the community and to society as this church. Um, and yet, for whatever reason, God has decided that this small church in Miami would be given the vision that we've all enjoyed and uh, we've tasted of to change the world. A small 25-year-old church uh, that God has given us an incredible vision so that wherever we travel... The vision that we share with others is something that has never been heard ever before in the history of that church. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable that we would meet people like Dr. Jay Grimstead, uh, who was an incredible theologian, 
who has studied the Bible, has made commentaries on the Bible, uh, knows almost every verse of the Bible by memory, can quote you probably the whole book of Psalms off the top of his head, and yet is completely baffled and blown away at the fact that we have a church that is focused on changing the world through the lives of one man, his family, and his community. Just absolutely blows his mind. Has no concept, never was revealed to him in all his years of study. Uh, not to say that he's a bad man, not to say that he's ignorant because he probably knows the better, better than anybody here uh, and maybe even better than our bishop. And yet God, for whatever reason, has still, by his grace and mercy, allowed for us, this church of spring of life, to carry such a profound and heavy vision to preach to the entire world. I won't tell you how many times we've gone to so many different churches, so many different men's groups, the National Coalition of Men's Ministries, these incredible giant organizations that have been studying God's word, have been doing what we're doing for a lot longer, and yet they have not received the vision that God has given us. Why? Because it's a supernatural vision. It's something that comes from God. Not that we're better than anybody. That's the mystery is why would God choose such a small church, this small Cuban Molina family to deposit such a powerful and an incredible vision? We don't know. But we have to appreciate the great weight of responsibility that God has entrusted, not just the Molina family, but Spring of Life Fellowship in its entirety to carry it out. Because believe it or not, this is a vision that was given not to just one man, but to be carried out by a people of God. And if you go on our church website, like my mom was uh, uh, talking about earlier, uh, you can find our church vision. Uh, And we'll talk more about it as the preaching goes on. But it's amazing to see that that which was prophesied way back in 1998 is coming through and true here today in 2023. It says here in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and this is the verse that the Lord gave our bishop uh, as we got ready to uh, start this church of Spring of Life. It says, and it shall come to pass that afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men's servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said among the remnant whom the Lord calls. If you read throughout the book of Joel, Uh, And specifically in chapter 2, you would have read that there was great chaos and wrath, God's judgment being poured out over the people of Israel. And it says that there was incredible suffering, there was incredible bloodshed, there was incredible destruction that was being experienced by these people. And yet in the midst of that chaos and that destruction, God says that he would pour out his spirit and that there would be deliverance coming from Mount Zion. Uh, And that is the vision of Spring of Life Fellowship, that in the last days, in the middle of chaos and destruction, uh, when there's so much confusion and there's so much disorder, that there would be a special people, a group of people that would fail to bend the knee to whatever culture is promoting. 
that they would return to God and his doctrine, to his truth, and that they would proclaim it without shame and without holding back in full confidence knowing that God is the true God, the one and only God, and in him and him alone shall we serve and worship. It shall come to pass whoever calls on the name of the Lord. That's what's awesome is that this is an invitation to everybody. There's no one that is excluded. There's no one that's left out. Everyone is welcome to come and enjoy the blessings that God is ready to deposit through his vision. The Lord extends a special opportunity for repentance from his judgment and his wrath, and he's using spring of life fellowship to do it. This chapter describes a horrible desolation that's made to the land of Judah, a horrible destruction made possible through locusts and caterpillars and all these other destructive means. And although the Bible might use these terms that might seem a bit foreign or confusing to us, like locusts and caterpillars, uh, in this generation, we have seen the destruction of family at levels that we could never have ever imagined. We are seeing domestic violence at higher rates than ever before. We are seeing divorce at higher rates than ever before. We are seeing estranged family members, uh, people that have isolated themselves away from their parents, away from their siblings like never before. They've exchanged family for family, right? F-R-A-M-I-L-L-Y. They've left behind God's biological and intended order for family of a man and a woman and children to a man and a man or women and women Uh, and even amongst young people it's a foregone conclusion uh, that they refuse to get married these days or they'll just live a life of continued promiscuity uh, living in selfishness or living in just pleasing themselves Uh, and yet in the middle of that chaos and destruction God brings forth a spring of life that would help give people an opportunity to come and taste and see of his goodness. That while people have been lost, uh, people have been uh, shipwrecked or left off, that they might see that lighthouse that could bring them to shore, that could bring them towards coming to the fullness of his vision. Uh, And it says here that because of the outpouring of his spirit, there will be a people that will rise to do the will of God. They will come to seek out his commandments. They'll come to seek out what his uh, principles are so that they might live a life abiding by them. And without any excuses, without any compromise, uh, and to be honest with you, this was God's game plan since the beginning. When God made man, he made Adam and Eve, he always intended that there would be a continual relationship between man and God. That man and God will walk hand in hand to enjoy life to the fullest expression possible. That this would be a daily reality and not some uh, far off remote idea or theory of what God intended for man. No, that we would come to relationship with Jesus Christ. That we would walk hand in hand with Jesus Christ every single day. It'd be a people that would grow up to mature to the measure and the stature of a perfect man like Jesus Christ. Where we get to a place where we say, it's not my will, but it's yours that will be done. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, that when there is no vision, there is no revelation of God, there's no revelation of his word, that the people are unrestrained. But it says, happy is he and blessed the one who keeps the law of God. 
The people without a vision, another translation says, will perish. Uh, and when you think about that word perish, you think about how people would amount to nothing. And there's a lot of people that if it were not for the vision of Spring of Life Fellowship, our very lives would have amounted to absolutely nothing. Our marriages had already maybe amounted to absolutely nothing. If it wasn't for a vision of men of God that followed after Jesus Christ, who imitated him not only in word but in conduct and in thoughts, uh, there were people that would continue on uh, in their destruction, in poverty, uh, in jail perhaps, in addictions, uh, and whatever nonsense that the devil had planned for them to accomplish here on the earth. And yet there was a vision. There was a message from God to come in to swoop us from our very destruction. There was a message from God that was deposited into the heart of a man of God, delivered to save us from all the, the curses that we had inherited from generations to generation. I think the question begs that if it wasn't for uh, this vision, there would be no Spring of Life Fellowship. Where would, spring, where would we be if it wasn't for Spring of Life Fellowship? Where would we be if there wasn't living stones on Saturday night that was ready to equip young people to understand that they have purpose, that they have meaning, that they were called by God to be champions here on the earth? Where would the men of this church be if there was no Spring of Life Fellowship? Where would your family be? What would your household look like if there wasn't someone that was ready to stand in the gap and provide that special revelation from God that he loves us? and that he destined for us to accomplish great and incredible things for his honor and for his glory. That our families would be a place, a home full of peace and joy, full of his love and his goodness, a place where we could rejoice and that we can celebrate all that God has done. We can't forget these things. That's why God was so purposeful and intentional when he told the children of Israel to always celebrate all the great things that he had done in their lives. He had always made sure that you remember that you appreciate, that you celebrate what we had done so that we don't forget where we came from. So we don't forget the Passover, how God spared us, how we were slaves, how we were stuck into making uh, pyramids and making all these other things uh, for some foreign enemy. And yet God came in in his incredible grace and mercy and saved us. How in the middle of our enslavement to the, the, the Chaldeans or Babylonians, with the story of Esther, that he would come in and he would save us through the life of one woman. Time and time again, build me an altar here. Don't forget to do this monument here. Make sure you celebrate this so that we don't forget all that God has done. If we're not careful, the 25th anniversary will come and it will go and we will completely miss out all opportunity to remember all that God has done these 25 years. Anniversaries come and go. A lot of us have wedding anniversaries. I look forward to my third uh, wedding anniversary at the end of this year. But the anniversaries are gonna happen. It's up to us to celebrate them. It's on us to recognize, to take a step back and be like, man, 25 years of God continuing to restore, to deliver, to work, to save, to outreach. I mean, that's incredible. Where will we be? It says here in Ephesians 2, verse 11, Therefore remember that once you were Gentiles in the flesh, uncircumcised, that at the time you were without Christ, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. 
without God in this world. And that's how a lot of people came to Spring of Life Fellowship. How they came to this incredible uh, source of God's provision of an instruction manual on how to fix and correct our destroyed lives. There's people that came in here that had just lost their parents. No hope. No expectation for anything good in their future. There were people that came here homeless. No hope. People here five years divorced. No hope. There was people that came here addicted to cocaine for 13 years. No hope. No remedy. There were people that came here no peace, depressed, with fullness of anxiety, no expectation for any change. But God used Spring of Life Fellowship to come and make a change in their lives. That God introduced to them the hope of Jesus Christ through this vision of changing the world at Spring of Life Fellowship. We have to appreciate that. We have to remember. There's a lot of people that they don't like to go back to that place, right? They don't like to go back to remembering the degenerate, horrible, wicked person that they used to be before Jesus Christ. But you know what? It's so important that you remember where you came from. It gives you a greater appreciation for where God has put you right now. And I'll take it a step further. It's so important that your children know where you came from. Because they might not know. And in the Bible, I'm kind of veering off a little bit, but in the Bible, um, it says that uh, in the book of Judges, that as generation after generation came and went in the children of Israel, there came a generation that it says they forgot what God had done for them before. And that generation strayed away from God's purpose and lost their relationship with Jesus. Now you can blame these people all you want and you can say, how could they forget God? How could they forget what he had done? How could they forget his awesome works and his mighty power? Well, their parents didn't, didn't continue to tell them the stories. Their parents didn't remind them that, hey, guess what? Life wasn't always peaceful. Life wasn't always good. Life wasn't always full of joy. In fact, we were a wreck. And you and me and your mom were at our wit's end if it wasn't for a place called Spring of Life Fellowship. I remember and, and, um, as, uh, as I was growing up, my dad, he would stop us in the middle of our dinner. Uh, as we're sitting around at the dinner table, uh, we used to sit together and every night as best we could, we would sit as a family and enjoy whatever my mom had cooked that night uh, as a meal. Uh, and in the middle of the chaos of three boys and a girl and, and everyone fighting for attention on what they want to say about their day at school or whatever happened. But shh, 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 shh. And we'd all like wait for you know, what it is that our dad's going to say. And he goes, do you hear that? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> he goes, that's called the peace of God. And I'd be like, And I would look around, I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, but what he was telling us was that when he grew up, he didn't have that. When he grew up, when there was no Jesus Christ, there was no peace in the home. There was a constant worry, there was this anxiety, there was this buildup of anger, resentment, and bitterness towards uh, one family member to another because there was no Jesus. And yet, God in his infinite mercy and incredible grace towards our family came in and saved us, granted us an opportunity to do life right. Amen. You can't forget that. You can't lose sight of that. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
do not be deceived for neither fornicators nor, nor idolaters nor uh, adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous drunkards revilers extortioners none of them will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you don't ever sit on your high horse and forget where God has saved you don't ever forget the things that you used to do in the past I mean you know you want to pray and ask God that he would uh block your 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 mind and your memory and that he would wash you clean so that you never revert back to the old person that you used to be but you should always ask for God's sovereign and incredible memory to remind you just where he found you and that dark cesspool of a life that we had fallen into and yet God saved us and he delivered us First Samuel 2 Samuel 2.8, this is a, a church favorite. If you've been here for some time, you know it. It says, he raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sits them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. And that's where God has found a lot of us. In the middle of a trash heap. In the middle of our lowest points of life. When there was no hope, there was no expectation of good, full of problems, full of headaches and worries, and God allowed for us to stumble into this place, Spring of Life Fellowship, for an opportunity of salvation and restoration. It's important to know that when you receive a vision, it doesn't always make sense right when you receive it. And... When you receive that vision, you might not always understand what it is that God is trying to do. And I'm sure my dad was very confused uh, when he heard, get up and go change the world. It's such a giant idea, something that businesses have grabbed and run with slogans of changing the world, changing the world, changing the world. Everybody wants to change the world. Uh, there's even a movie with Will Smith, uh, Hancock, where the theme of the business that i think his wife or someone some somebody in the film is uh, working is to change the world to change the world everybody wants to change the world uh, but nobody has been able to change the world except for jesus christ um, and yet he's like again this young recently married person receives this incredible vision of changing the world um and i i i liken that to when abraham is told to just get up and go and God tells Abraham, get up, leave everything that you know, everything that you have, all your family members, and just move in the direction that I'm sending you. And it says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, that by faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed. And he went to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance, but he did not know where he was going. And I don't know how many of us have, you know, are comfortable with getting in a car and driving somewhere, not knowing where it is that we're going. Uh, I can tell you that my wife doesn't appreciate that. Uh, she likes to know where we're going and what time we have to be there. And uh, I'm sure everyone else here feels the same way. Uh, we don't just get in cars without purpose, right? Um, but the fact of the matter was that there was a purpose, that Abraham had been called by God to go somewhere. Uh, even though he didn't know where it was that he was going, by faith he believed that God would prove himself faithful to get him where he needed to be. Uh, and sometimes accepting a vision takes that, is that you would come into Spring of Life Fellowship and you'll hear about all these principles on manhood and family and what God expects of us as Christians to live by and to walk in. 
and you'll hear these messages and you'll hear these preachings and in your head you're like i have no idea what in the world these people are talking about this is puro chinese this doesn't make any sense i can't digest i don't understand nobody in my family has ever done these things i've never heard people talk this way i've never seen people live their lives that way that women should prioritize their home and not worry about working, that everything that's wrong in this world is at fault because a man wasn't standing in place of where he needed to be, that children need to honor their parents and submit to their authority. All these concepts are so foreign and so strange compared to the common trends and cultures of this world, and it doesn't make any sense at the time. But 25 years later, here at Spring of Life Fellowship, we see that God was onto something super, super big. That when God shared his message, even though in the beginning we didn't understand it, that God is doing incredible things here at Spring of Life Fellowship. That we have so many families, so many testimonies, so many lives of people that have been changed for following a vision that they did not know uh, what the outcome of that vision would be. But it's by faith by faith that Abraham was called out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a stranger in the promised land with Isaac and Jacob, looking forward to the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And that's exactly what here at Spring of Life Fellowship, all of us are striving for, is that although we don't know what the end result might look like, uh, I definitely didn't know I would marry the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, I definitely didn't know that I would be ordained a pastor. I didn't know that I would be an attorney. I didn't know I would be a youth pastor. I didn't know any of the things that God had prepared for my life. Uh, but I did know this, that he was calling me. And God is calling you. And the Bible says that he has a purpose and plan for your life. And even though you can't see it, you don't know what your children will look like, you can't imagine that family member coming in through those doors and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You can't imagine God's breakthrough through your sickness or through a disease. You can't imagine God restoring peace and order to your home. You can't imagine your marriage being reconciled. God sees it. Walk in faith like Abraham walked in faith. He didn't know what he was doing. He just knew the architect of who was building it. Get to know your architect. Get to know that God has a special plan for your life, unique, tailored to you. And he's ready to unleash it to who? To a prophet, a man of God, a faithful person who's ready to walk in his commandments. It may be obscure in the beginning, but Galatians 6, 9 tells us, don't grow weary in doing good because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Continue trekking, continue moving forward. Don't let up, continue to persevere. That's what we've done for 25 years. And God has pro proved himself faithful in the lives of each and every person sitting here in this room. In the countless lives of people that have come and maybe even left this place over the course of 25 years. God is doing something incredible and miraculous. And it all started from a vision. And that vision is being played out. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse uh, 2 says, The Lord replied, write down this revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald could run with it. Verse 3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. The vision doesn't always play out exactly how we see it. It doesn't always unravel itself exactly how or when we want it to, to happen. But yet, on an appointed time, it says in the Bible that he makes everything beautiful in his time. At an appointed time. 
at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it surely will come. And spring of life, it is coming. It is happening. We are seeing it unravel in front of our eyes. It's incredible what we see. Uh, if you ever have difficulty wondering if God is moving uh, here at Spring of Life Fellowship, I would encourage you to come out to our youth groups on Friday and Saturday. Uh, maybe it's a little bit easier to see what God is doing there, uh, and you get rid of some of the distractions that, uh, that you might see in, in maybe some of the other general services. But even then, uh, God is moving in each and every person in this room, uh, but I just see it more firsthand, I guess, uh, through the lives of the youth group uh, that's meeting on Saturday nights. Uh, Brandon and Josh can testify about Friday. Um, but there's so many young people there's so many young people from all walks of life that have decided to leave behind their old selves and take on God's promise for their purpose in their lives. People that do not have family in this church. People that do not have some type of example back home on what it is to be a man of God, be a woman of God, and yet they've accepted it and they're walking forward with it. People that have no Christians in their family and yet are more faithful to come on Sundays, on Saturdays, on Wednesday nights, on Monday nights, on Thursday nights to prayer than anybody else that has been in this church for 25 years. It is unbelievable. And not only that, but now we are coming into like a third generation of Christians here in this church where not only has my dad pastored Pastor Kenny and Pastor uh, Javi and Pastor Palma, Pastor Joey, and so many others, now they pastored myself and my brother's uh, and my cousins and the people that are here in this church that have grown up in the church and now those people are pastoring their children and they're still around and they're still serving the Lord and we're seeing a continual deposit it's almost like the major league baseball uh, you know league you're having the farm league with Brandon's kids and they're coming in here they're seven years old seven to about 10 or 11 years old then they go up to Double A, and now they're with uh, uh, brand, uh, Josh's group, right? Uh, and they're in the middle school, and they're getting trained up there. And then they go on, and they're, they're getting ready to go major leagues. They're coming into my uh, group, the uh, high school and college-age kids. We get a group of between 15 uh, to 25-year-old kids that are coming super on fire for God. And then once they graduate uh, Living Stones, they're ready to get married and to go out and to fulfill the very uh, blueprints of what it is to be a family on fire for God, ready to go on to join the General Assembly of the Church to change the world. Uh, the leadership of our church did not see that back 25 years ago. It was something that came over time in obedience before God but they had received the vision for it. They had been told that it was happening, but they, couldn't, they hadn't seen it physically uh, taking place yet. Uh, all they saw was uh, an acoustic guitar played by somebody who was not necessarily a musician, singing, leading worship, but with a heart and a, a, a disposition to seek God above anything else. Now, 25 years, we have this incredible world-changing factory of young people, of old people, of... Uh, married families uh, seeking the will of God and fulfilling God's purpose and call to this earth. Though it linger, wait for it because it will certainly not delay. It says here in Genesis chapter 12, verse one, that when God gave Abraham the vision, it says, now the Lord said to Abraham, 
or Abram at that time, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And hasn't that been reigning true here at Spring of Life Fellowship? That this has been a place where so many families have come and been blessed. That so many people through God and through his power have come and experienced levels of joy and levels of liberty and freedom and restoration like never before. If you read the vision of our church, there's a portion of it where uh, our bishop wrote, In this vision, God showed me a great nation that will be formed by the people that are tired of playing religion. These are people that are tired of building things with hay and straw, which are blown away and destroyed by every wind and storm that passes by. There will be a people from every tribe and nation and tongue that will offer up their hearts to do the will of God. There will be people that are not lukewarm. They won't be indifferent about God. They won't conform to just being called Christians that are not going to hell. These people will be ready to fight the battle and to win this battle of faith always doing the will of God in their lives. The Lord also showed me that this great people will rise and walk in his perfect will without other commitments or compromises, without other interests or personal gain, nor will their confidence be in establishing human ties like we see in this world. What does that mean? It means that for 25 years, the vision that God gave uh, to, to, to my dad, our bishop, uh, Spring of Life Fellowship will not be just another church. It's not going to be just another group of people that come in and check boxes, that know how to read the Bible, that know how to make good church attendance or perhaps give their tithes to the Lord when uh, it comes due. It won't be a people that just know how to pray or a people that can go on and perform all this charity and these religious acts but it would be a group of people that would come to the maturation of the measure and standard of Jesus Christ. People that are done with religion and walk in fullness in relationship with Jesus Christ. These people will not be people who on the outside look perfect, but in their private lives be a total disaster. No, it'll be people that have the character of Jesus Christ, not just at church, but every single day in their home, at work with their friends, on the softball field, wherever they're found, Jesus Christ, his image and his likeness will be seen. Amen. That is the vision of Spring of Life Fellowship, that we would have a church full of people, not of churchgoers, but people that are real Christians walking hand in hand with Jesus Christ. Amen. When you think of Abraham, and I was sharing a little bit about this last night at youth group, um, Abraham did not have your traditional church at that time. Abraham did not have your, the word of God as it is written here today, right? The law and Moses hadn't even come yet. They came a little bit later on, right? Uh, he didn't have your standard uh, church services on Sundays or on Wednesdays. He didn't have study, Bible study. He didn't have a youth group to take his kids. He didn't have any of that. And yet God says that his faith was accounted to him as righteousness, such that he was called a friend of God. The purpose of Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision that God has given us isn't that we would become perfect church attendants or that we would memorize the whole Bible and then keep it to ourselves, 
but that we would have the reality of Jesus Christ living inside of us every single day like the faith of Abraham. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't care about whether we come to church or not, or God doesn't want us reading their Bible, that it's not important to pray. What I'm saying is that it's more important that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ than it is that you just go to church. Your, your relationship with God shouldn't just be restricted or limited to just church attendance. Your relationship with Jesus Christ should be what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, that you would come to the fullness of the measure of the maturation, the standard of Jesus Christ in your life. As a man of God, as a woman of God, as a son or a daughter, whatever stage of life you're in, Jesus Christ is reflected and is exhibited. This is not religion. This is a reality in the people that attend Spring of Life Fellowship that come from this ministry. It says in James chapter 2, this is verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith, but he doesn't have works? Can faith save him alone? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, it's dead. Some of you might say, I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you by faith, by my works. For you believe that there is one God and you do well, but even the demons believe and they tremble. This is more than just a religious practice. This is more than just another church. This is a supernatural vision that God has given us to change the world. O foolish man, that faith without works is dead, don't you know? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. For likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And Spring of Life Fellowship was not intended to be a dead church. It is a very alive and well. There's a lot of people that are celebrating and are congratulating uh, the revival that was taking place in Asbury here in the United States. Uh, and while that is noteworthy and I'm happy it is getting news attention, what's so powerful about what's taking place here at your local church, Spring of Life Fellowship, is that there aren't people that are locked in a room or in a closet worshiping for 24 hours straight. Is that they come here, they worship God, they serve God, they listen to God, and then they go home and they continue to do the same thing in the middle of whatever else life has given them to experience. That they're not only Christians here at church, amen. They, don't, they no longer talk as Christians here at church, but they talk like Christians at their pharmacy. They talk like Christians at their law office. They talk like Christians at UPS. They talk like Christians in their business. They talk like Christians when they're with their clients. No matter where they are, it's not a mask. Amen. It's not a costume. Amen. 
This is the reality of Jesus Christ being lived out in the people that visit this church, that are members of this church, that have adopted the vision for themselves. My dad could have very easily left this pulpit, gone to his law office back in the day when it was open, and continued to divorce people as they came into his office. He could have very easily continued to take advantage of people, continue to do his thing, have his practice, and yet be called Pastor Molina on Sundays. But there was something special. It was that it was not a front. This was not just a religious service. This is not just a church. There's a reality of people that are not compromising to being the full expression of Jesus Christ in the middle of their situations. As the body is without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. When you think about a church on revival, uh, traditionally you might think of long church services, of endless worship sessions. You might think of just continual prayer. But the Bible tells us here in Titus chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Not that the older men become expert worship musicians, not that they become expert songwriters or book tellers, but that they would be what? That they would be men. That they would be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love and patience. That is the full expression of somebody on fire for Jesus Christ. Not somebody that can shout in tongues for hours. Not somebody that can jump up and down. Not somebody that can recite the whole book of Psalms. But somebody who lives a genuine life before Jesus Christ. That has character and integrity. That the older men are sober, that they're reverent, they're temperate, they're sound in faith, in love and patience. Verse 3, that the older women likewise, that they would be reverent in behavior and, and not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Well, what about the fact that they, you know, that they devote themselves entirely to the church and that they're nuns and that they work? No, 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 listen, that they live that which Jesus preached. That when you go in their private lives, although the family looks nice and dressed and organized and color coordinated when they come to church, when you go home, there isn't some type of disaster or disorder, but that there is a genuineness of Jesus Christ in that home. Verse 4, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Verse 5, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers homemakers it's an interesting word good obedient to their own husbands that the word of god may not be blasphemed and i thank god that here at spring of life fellowship uh we've seen that god has been able to preserve the leadership of our church so that this is a reality in their homes so that this this isn't just something that we're preaching but it's something that god supernaturally in his infinite mercy and in his grace is allowing for us to live out here in this world Verse 6, likewise exhort the young men to be sober-minded, next verse, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, showing reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent would be ashamed, having nothing evil to say to you. What, is these verse, you know, what are these verses talking about, right? It's saying, hey, listen, that the men be sober, that they be diligent, that the women be homemakers, that the young men, that they would be sound speech, incorruptible, that the young women. He's talking about family. He's talking about family. He's saying families on the earth that live out God's purpose and plan for their lives. 
What other church is talking like that except for Spring of Life Fellowship? What other church is going out and encouraging marriages to focus on Christ-likeness so that their children raised up to be incredible warriors in the hands of God? Families, a focus on family. There's people that leave this church because they say, they're just too into family for me. They're too into family. God is into family. God cares so much about family that in the beginning of Matthew and all these other New Testament books, he goes off on genealogies for 25 verses, 30 verses, 50 verses. And where they're falling asleep, they're reading our Bibles. But you know what God is telling us? He cares about family. He cares about families walking in accordance to his purpose for their lives. That men will be the heads of their homes. That women would be perfect in submission, honoring their husbands. That children would be honoring their parents, submitted to their authorities. That's what God is looking for. And that is what God is doing in these last days here at Spring of Life Fellowship. We have an incredible blueprint that came from nowhere else except for through God. And we are walking in it. We are living in it. In obedience to what he's calling us to do. It says here in Ephesians chapter 4, this is verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, so that all of us would come to what? To the measure of a perfect man, Jesus Christ. That we would no longer be immature children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we would grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. The call to perfecting family here on the earth couldn't be a better remedy for all the craziness that's taking place here in this world. If you watch any program on television, you watch any commercial, you listen to any popular uh, social media influencer, there's been a constant barrage, an attack on the family structure as God intended it. We cannot sit back blind thinking that this is all coincidence. That while the world is out there to destroy and dissemble family, that God has raised up a standard here in these last days through a vision in Spring of Life Fellowship to restore the family. To teach on how to do family the right way. To teach on how to make sure that we live according to what God intended for us to do from the very beginning. Not religious, genuine. Not fake, real. This is, a, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the vision of our church, and I'm wrapping up here. It says, they will depend on the grace of God and the direction of his Holy Spirit to come to the place of truth. I mean, we've been talking this, uh, this is also something incredible that God is doing here at Spring of Life, that in our 25th year, God would entrust us with the vision for the 25th year anniversary to perfect our worship, not according to our strength, not according to our efforts, but according to God's grace at work inside of us. Not only will they have an outward appearance of being holy and godly, they will not deny the power of godliness. And in the very beginning when this church was founded in 1998, 
there was a discussion made between my mom and my dad about whether this really was something that God was calling them to do and whether they were capable at that time of doing such an incredible work and fulfilling this vision. And the words that, my, that came out of my, my dad's mouth at that time still hold true today. We aren't doing anything. God is the one that's doing everything. We are incapable of doing what it is that we're doing. We are incapable of coming up with this blueprint of saving a man to restore marriage, to restore family, to save a community, to then save that city, to save that state, and then change the world. That blueprint wasn't something that we cultivated or we developed ourselves. It was something that was God-given, a supernatural revelation from God, a vision for Spring of Life Fellowship. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, it says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, we are who we are, Spring of Life Fellowship. His grace towards us was not in vain, but we labored all the more abundantly, more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. We celebrate 25 years of God's grace in our lives, 25 years that God has, over the time, used to do incredible works in so many people and in so many families and so many lives by the grace of God, not by something that we were capable of doing ourselves, not because we have some type of uh, educational background in domestic relations or that we have some type of experience in marital relationships or that we have written books or theories. No, this is the grace of God that he's allowed for us to come in and to appreciate and enjoy the blueprint for what God intended in family. It says here in Colossians 1:27, to them that God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles his glorious riches of the mystery, which is that Christ in us is our hope of glory. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says that by the grace of God we've been saved, and it's through faith, not that of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Then it continues on, and it says, not only were we saved by grace, but now God is perfecting us in his grace because we belong to him. We are his workmanship. We are his vessel. We are the clay in the potter's hands being formed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And here at Spring of Life Fellowship for 25 years, we've only surrendered ourselves to God's will. And he's done so many amazing things all over the world. From here in Miami to Switzerland to India South Africa, Peru, Ecuador, Nicaragua, Cuba, Mexico. The grace of God has carried us. The grace of God has taken us. We are his workmanship and God is continuing to perfect us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. We are not an apologetic church. We may not be perfect, but we never pretended to be perfect. And when we boast, we boast in the Lord and in the goodness of his power and in his might and in his grace. And you can be critical and you can judge and you can point fingers and you can say all these horrible things about what spring of life isn't or what it is. And some of it might be true. But the fact of the matter is that God has entrusted us with a vision and we're doing our very best to see it to its completion.
I love how Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that we have already attained it, nor are we already perfected, but we press on to fulfill the vision that God has given us, that we might lay hold on that which is for us, Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet here this morning as you get ready to dismiss our service. The vision that Spring of Life carries and has continued to complete in the past 25 years is not over. And it continues moving on. And what's awesome is that it's a special invitation for anyone and everyone to come and to be a part of it. This is not an exclusive social club. This is not a group of people who are living a life pretending as though they're better than anybody else. There are people that recognize that what God asks for is excellence and that in his grace, we might give him his excellence due. Celebrating the vision, appreciating what God has done in the past 25 years. Father God, thank you for this morning, for your word. Thank you, God, that you have found this church, Spring of Life Fellowship, that you started this church, you started this work, and you entrusted us with a vision. Oh God, help us, Lord, in your grace and your mercy to carry out that which was you have entrusted us with. Help us, Lord, fulfill that which you have called us to do. Help us, oh God, be more than, simple, than, than simply religious peoples, oh God, but that we would be genuine, real Christians here on this earth that walk in integrity and in character, the character of Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, and we thank you for all that you've done these past 25 years. We pray, O oh God, and we thank you and recognize that it was only by your might and by your power that we're standing here today 25 years later. We thank you, O oh God, for the vision that you've entrusted us with, and we ask that you would just help us be faithful to walk in it. Even though we can't see the full picture of what it was that you intended when you started this in 1998, we ask, O oh God, that you would help us see through to it and walk every single day in faith, knowing that you will make it come to pass. We love you and we thank you for each and every person that's here in this room. And we ask, oh God, that we might be able to walk hand in hand forward into your goodness and into your direction. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things. Amen and amen. You guys are dismissed. Greet each other in the love of the Lord. And we will see you for our second service at 12 o'clock noon. There's also a six o'clock service with Pastor Oscar uh, later on tonight uh, at the uh, at the six o'clock service. God bless you.